gays, allies, and anybody that wants to learn more about the LGBT plus community. My name is Zanardi, and I'm so glad all your beautiful faces are here. Hello, everybody. Today's guest. Wow. I love working with her. I respect her so much. She's done some great things, and uh, her name is Erica Nance. She is the founder of Pride Box. If you don't know what Pride Box is, well, I'll let her explain it. We, we kind of touch on it. But yeah, it's just a great thing that she's doing, and it's really blown up th this past few months. And we talk a lot about her ambitions as an entrepreneur and the whole meaning of Pride Box. Uh, we talk about some issues related to the lesbian community that, that she's faced because she does identify as a lesbian. And we talk about just confidence and being yourself and, and how you can how you can do how you can go from just, you know, being in a normal person or an average person to being a wonderful inspiration like like Erica. She has done a great thing for our community. She's doing great things for our community and will continue to do great things. So, and I don't want to ruin it or spoil things or, or, or talk too much. So give it up for Erica Nance. Erica, thank you for coming on the show. Welcome. Hi, Ryan. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I'm so excited you're here. I'm so excited for, for your whole mission and, and what you've done with Pride Box. It, it was a pleasure working with you, you know, with earlier. Why don't you just introduce yourself? and tell the audience, for those that don't know, I don't know how they wouldn't know, <laughs> what Pride Box is and what you do. <laughs> okay, yeah, of course. To introduce myself, my name's Erica Nance, uh, she, her pronouns. I'm a lesbian, I'm from Southern Indiana, and I'm the owner of Pride Box. And Pride Box is a unique company that spreads the joy of pride in a compact way that can go straight to your door, which is perfect for this whole COVID-19 situation. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and and honestly, like even post COVID-19, because who doesn't want all their pride gear to show up all at once and, and, and <laughs> meet and organize instead of having to go from store to store and get different pieces. So, <laughs> um, and, and, it, and what's in a box? It's I know, obviously, um, we work together. Like I split stickers for your box. Um, what else? I know t-shirts are in it. What else is what else do you put in there? Yeah, of course. So our boxes, they have the t-shirt and that's made from 100% recycled materials and they're completely like handmade and then we also have flags and then stickers from alphabet mafia and then also our own stickers mm. and then we have notes of encouragement bracelets and whatever other donations we have right now we have a bunch of donations from cat and raven designs that are going in so and that's going to fluctuate um depending on what vendors we have with donations nice yeah cat and raven designs uh they're they're a great company i know they they, they do soap or they make soap um yeah soap. and yeah they I, i've actually talked to them a few times and they're they're quite a lovely company so if you're listening and you're in need of some soap check out cat and raven designs because they're they're awesome they're awesome people well that's really you know unique and, and very i mean just a great a great idea where where did this whole thing come from is it something you kind of had thought about before or was it just something that popped into your head during this corona crisis <laughs> I hadn't thought of it before the Corona crisis. It just really hit me. Um, I had just started a job at the women's shelter. So I was working nights. So like 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. Every oh, night, wow. super boring, lots of free time to just be thinking. And once all the Corona stuff hit, you know, L.A. Pride got canceled. And I had a group of friends and they're from all around the world. And we mm. all had plans for the entire year to meet up at L.A. Pride. So that was completely canceled. We weren't going to get to see each other. And, you know, some people in our group who are going, they're even like younger and still live with their families. And some of them aren't even out yet. 
So wow. it just got me thinking like, wow, there must be a lot of people like stuck at home, stuck in like possibly unsafe situations, like quarantine mm. with their families with no, you know, pride to look forward to for that month of June. And I, yeah. I was like, you know what? I bet we can change the project. You know, maybe we could raise some money for the women's shelter and, you know, we'll make some uh, unique shirts for people. Let's just see how it goes. And then like, it just blew up overnight and we're like, okay, this is, <laughs> this is not going to be a small project anymore. <laughs> right, right. So I, I guess for everyone listening, if you don't know, um, you posted a TikTok and the TikTok blew up and you got a bunch of orders that you, you, know, you didn't expect. What, how many followers did you have on TikTok when you posted that? I had, I think I was at about 35,000. Okay, so you did have some bit of a following. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah, a little perfect. bit of a following. Um, but then from that TikTok, I gained almost another 20,000 within the wow. next two days just in following. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, the the attention of the TikTok itself w- reached hundreds of thousands of likes and and resulted in thousands of orders. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's pretty cool. And that just shows the power of social media or just something like TikTok. Yeah, of course. And the power of the LGBT community. We all see something and we know we need to bring each other together and rise up and have pride. And yeah, the response like inspired me to know no way like I'm letting this fizzle out. I was like, I'm going to put in every ounce of hard work and make sure these pride boxes go out because apparently like I was like, this shows that these are really needed in this time period. Right, right. Were you expecting like like five orders and then you're just like okay I'm done and then it blows up and you're like wait I gotta get to work yeah well my goal was 20 orders I was like ooh, maybe if I post it on TikTok and like really hype it up I'll get like 20 orders and I was like then I can donate this amount of money to the Y we can get a new playground I was like this will be perfect and then yeah we got about like 60 orders in the first half an hour wow and I was like Oh no, we uh we definitely surpassed our goal, and then in like the next forty eight hours, it was like over three thousand. It just didn't mm. stop. Wow, that's insane! And and the genius kind of behind it is you didn't really have the boxes ready, right? Or you you had no no like, not at all. Weren't, you weren't selling. You didn't have actual product on the shelves. So no. you you start collecting revenue though, or you get orders, and then it's like okay, now we need to get to work and, and start fulfilling these orders. Um, but that's great yeah. because there's no upfront cost or anything on your end. It's not like you went out and invested a bunch uh, in material. Yeah, and... exactly. Like this was really just supposed to be a little project. And then like once it blew up, I was like, okay, I need to make this into a business. Like I need to go from there. But how it started with the whole Google form is that made it really simple with like people just filled it out. They put if they preferred mm-hmm. like PayPal or Venmo and they put their email address and then they told me about themselves and everything. And then from that information, I went ahead and emailed all those people and like, you know, sent them their invoices that way. So I kind of had like a double, uh, a double chance like make sure like hey you know like this isn't coming for a while like you are still interested in this right and they're all like oh yeah so right (laughs) it worked out well (laughs) yeah yeah totally um and so what is what is like a so once this blows up and this gets going what does your life start to look like you're are you still working at the women's shelter and then how are you balancing having both jobs and, and just getting everything organized and getting it together yeah, so I was still working at the women's shelter um, at first. 
So like this whole past month, um, I was running the business and also working at the women's shelter, but I work full time there. So that's like 32 plus hours a week. And it was getting to be way too much. It was at the point where I would be working all week from like 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. on Pride Box. And then the entire weekend, I'd be working 12 hour shifts at the women's shelter. So actually, just this past week, um, I talked with um, the coordinator at the women's shelter and she was like, I completely understand, like you're way too overwhelmed. And so I am taking a break from there right now. Unfortunately, I love it there, though. They are the sweetest people. Yeah. Sure. But now you got thousands of people waiting on their pride bucks. So it's like, well, I got to do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure. She understands. That. Um, so what, uh, what, what did you initially, like, how did you start going about getting everything ready? Once you started getting orders, what was the first thing you did? So the first thing I did was I wanted to find a shirt supplier. Because originally, when it was the very first video, I was going to use thrifted shirts that I thrifted myself and then like remake them into each person's personalized pride shirt. But once we had over 3,000 orders, I was like, I can't just be wiping out every single like Goodwill in Evansville. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, we got to find a better way to do that. But I wanted to keep the same mission of having it recycled cloth having it not at an impact to like carbon footprint at all. I was like, how can we go mm-hmm. about that? So I talked to several different suppliers and then we went with um, everywhere apparel. They are, they've been amazing. And they, uh, yeah, they're, cool. sure, in Indiana? they're actually in Chicago. Okay. So close one state over. Um, but they have been absolutely amazing. And they, their shirts are 50% polyester that are made from recycled plastics and then mm-hmm. 50% recycled cotton and they also have a thing with their website that like each shirt gets a qr code and then they can scan that and see how many how many gallons of water was saved because they purchased that shirt instead of a shirt from somewhere else so i was like they were perfect so that was the first thing i had to do was i was like okay we can't do thrifted shirts what's the next step like how can we make this as personalized as possible and stick to the same mission while also getting all of these orders complete Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> got a bit uh, a bit of a headache in the beginning. <laughs> a little bit, and, yeah. <laughs> and I, I know since you've you've worked with tons of different designers and just different people that kind of help coordinate things. How did you how did you go about um, getting that put together? Did you just start reaching out to random people, or did people start approaching you just given that your your mission blew up, kind of? Well, originally people were approaching me like, uh, well, you were there for part of that because like I had 10 people in like 10 minutes all tag, like, like, oh my yeah. God, you got to get with Alphabet Mafia on this. And... Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. People started tagging me or other creators. <laughs> exactly. So some people um, I got to talking to and I actually found um, this man approached me from California and he was like, I could tell like he had his own business. So I was like, okay. Um, so I got on a call with him and I was like, oh, do you have a product like you'd like to put in the pride box? And he was like, actually, I'd love to help you run your business. And I was like, all right, oh, wow. tell me more. So, yeah, that's Alex. Alex is my lifesaver. So he's come onto the team and he has gotten me connected to all the other major artists and major creators that we have since been connected to. Mm-hmm. So he's like in the creative so he, director he was, position for pride box. Yeah, so he put he kind of uh, helped put the pieces together. Exactly, exactly. 
Oh, nice. So that that must have been a big. When when did that happen? Like how many weeks or days after this whole thing blew up? Would you say? Ooh, like less than a week after it blew up. Okay. Okay. So. Okay, that's good. So you kind of had an idea of where you kind of things started to settle or or, or become more clear for you um, quickly then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine it would be pretty stressful. Yeah, he had a lot of like logistics ideas that I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, that makes total sense. How did I not think of that? And Mm -hmm. from there, we were able to move on even quicker and, you know, get 2.0 started. Like after the first week of 1.0, we were already like planning out 2.0 because we're like, okay, like we shut down the orders because we needed a game plan for how we were Mm -hmm. going to get these orders out. Cause I felt like it was irresponsible of me to just like let them take, keep taking off when I didn't have a plan to fulfill that large amount of orders. So once that was shut down, we started immediately planning 2.0 because we're like, okay, we knew for sure we wanted people to get more boxes out, like Mm -hmm. people who needed them. Oh sure, and and uh, so what's this? Uh, what's the city boxes? I know you do different boxes per per city, and then you donate to local organizations in that city. Um, what what exactly is for anyone listening a city box? So a city box, they have their own logos that were made by someone on the Pride Box team, um, kind of mashing up the Pride Box logo and the city's personal pride organization's logo. And the thing about the city box is $5 off the top of every box goes directly to that city's pride organization. You know, they're missing out on thousands upon millions of people attending pride this year. That's a huge hit. So we just want to do our part as pride box to support them in any way we can. And then even Mm -hmm. other than the, you know, $5 off the top of every box, like for LA pride, those will go straight to LA. However, also, the proceeds from that box will be going to an L.A.-based organization that supports LGBTQ plus members just in L.A., mm. just for the L.A. box. So right. for that one, it's going to the Trans Wellness Center. And then each city okay. has a different organization that it's going to. Yeah, I was actually going to say I, I was I was up there literally right before COVID hit. I, I actually um, I was up there for multiple reasons, but I actually toured the Trans Wellness Center. Uh, I think her name was Jasmine. Maybe you talked to her. I don't know. She was one of the, the directors high up there, but um, it's a beautiful oh. office and they do a lot of great work. So that's pretty cool that you, you're, you're sending money directly to them. Uh, yeah, I've never work, been there before, but I've heard great things. Yeah, I've heard great things. And and yeah, with Pride being canceled, I'm sure that the, the Pride organizations for each city lo- must lose out on tons of revenue because advertisers are, are sponsoring certain things there you know they're paying for for their advertisements and um so yeah it's it's money lost out by people not attending or not having a pride um and you help make that up with with these city pride boxes which is pretty cool uh do you consider yourself an entrepreneur have you always kind of been like business minded and thinking of of pushing the boundaries or, or inventing something new um i've definitely always been business minded I was a bit of a business nerd in high school. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Business Professionals of America, but it's like a career and technical student organization. Okay. I was actually a national officer for BPA. Um, (laughs) I was a big nerd in high school. But from that, I I helped out with a lot of businesses, but I never had my own. And I've Mm -hmm. also never worked for a product-based business or an e-commerce. 
Um, the mm. businesses that I had helped my friends run uh, was like videography, photography, like service-based businesses. So that's what I was familiar mm. with. So although I, I do consider myself a business-minded person, when all of this blew up, it was still a lot, a lot of crash course learning that I had to do for myself. Oh, totally. <laughs> there's, there's. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, and, and Alphabet Mafia is is my first business as well. There's just so many things that you don't think of, like in in the yeah. accounting and just numbers and and emails, and it never ends. <laughs> it's um, exactly. nobody can. I, I don't think there's any. There's no class that you can take or book that you can read that prepares you for actually running a business. Um, I completely just agree happen. with that. And like uh, and, while I was in college, oh, I was an e I was an econ major. So like I I was like oh e economics like I loved economics, um, but more on the macro side. And it's mm -hmm. like of course now I'm like thrown headfirst into the micro side of economics, like running a small business. And I'm like oh my gosh, like I should have paid attention in micro class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's what's been like the hardest part? so far in launching pride box it um what's just been like something yeah what's been the hardest part oh um i think that the hardest part has definitely been keeping lines of communication open mm -hmm. just because like things blew up so quickly on social media and i got uh, like ten thousand new followers on instagram like in a day wow which is insane, especially for Instagram. But the thing was, I had hundreds upon hundreds of DM messages just asking questions about Pride Box. Mm -hmm. And I and I was like answering all of them like right off the bat and everything. And then I started realizing like throughout my entire day of working on Pride Box, like six hours of my day was spent just talking to people. Mm. Just like like giving information, getting information and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is crazy because like, there's so many customers. So that was kind of a big hurdle that I had to jump over myself is to kind of realize like, hey, it's okay to ask for help. Mm -hmm. It's okay to have like teach someone else like what to teach someone else all about your company and let them answer questions and connect with people so that we can start running things and getting boxes out. Exactly. Exactly. Do you did you hire a customer service person to, to dance around? I did stuff? actually. Yes, nice. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cause, yeah. Emails and DMs can can be a big time consumer, but it's important to get to. I mean, I think exactly. um, you know it's it's good to stay connected with people who who care about you or who want to reach out to your organization. Uh, what keeps you What keeps you motivated day in and day out? Just r running the whole thing. What What keeps you motivated to to get up and, and make more pride boxes? But real quick, I want to thank you all for listening. And hey, guess what? The quarantine is lifting. Uh, well, apparently, we all may just forgot about the quarantine or about uh, Corona with everything going on. But that means you might be going out. You might be meeting new people. You might be uh, making new friends, making some bedroom friends, if, if, if you will. And you got to be ready for that. So I want to tell you about Manscaped. Manscaped is the number one and only men's grooming brand dedicated to below the waist grooming. And so if you're thinking of going out to the club and you want to take someone home and you usually, you, you know, do your business down there and, and trim it, 
you should be trimming it with Manscaped because Manscaped makes trimming so much easier. I've been using it for over a month now and I haven't had a nick or a cut or a complaint. I used to literally be so scared to, to trim. I used to be like shaking while I was doing it. That's probably why I cut myself so much. But now I'm just trimming smooth. I'm using their new razor. It's the Lawnmower 3.0. It's an ergonomically designed cordless body trimmer. And it's beautiful because it's waterproof. You can take it in the shower. It makes shaving down there so much easier. If you're a man, you better get Manscaped. They don't even have just razors. They have ball deodorant. They have ball toner. They have everything to keep your family jewels in tip-top shape. So head on over to manscaped.com. Use promo code GAYFAM20. That is GAYFAM20 over at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping for listeners of this podcast. And so if you're listening and you don't have balls and you're a little freaked out right now, don't worry. Maybe uh, maybe you have a brother. And if you're on those terms with them, you can, you can uh, look into getting your brother a, a gift or a father. But that would be weird. So don't do that for Father's Day. Please do not do that for Father's Day. Anyway, that's enough about balls. Get Manscaped. It makes shaving down there so much easier. I promise. I'm not joking. Let's get back to the podcast with Erica. What keeps you motivated day in and day out? Just running the whole thing. What what keeps you motivated to, to get up and, and make more pride boxes? I think what keeps me motivated the most is thinking about someone receiving their pride box mm-hmm. and that making their whole day better. Actually, the other day, so I sent some out uh, to like some media um, outlets and one of them got returned, unfortunately, uh, just didn't find the address. But I, you know, got the knock on my door and then I like looked outside and there was a pride box and I was like, oh my gosh, this is how the customers are going to feel when they get their pride box. I was like, oh, and it just made everything feel worth it just to like, uh, just to have it like open it back up and be like, oh my gosh, like this is how it's going to look to everyone. (laughs) To see the finalized product, you know, in a box, show up at your door, you open your door, you see it there, and then you get the joy and excitement of opening a box and seeing what's inside. And Exactly. And not only that, but personally, what keeps me motivated is imagining the moment, you know, after, uh, after June, after Pride Month has happened, being able to hand the charities we're working with, being able to hand them that big check. Mm. That is going to like directly translate into like LGBTQ plus lives saved. Mm-hmm. Like that motivates me to no end every day. Oh, absolutely. Just knowing what, what your contribution can mean for someone else is, is a huge thing. And, and something yeah, to be well, proud also, of, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. Just knowing that like people in our community care enough to like buy this product that they know is going to help so many people. Cause there's a lot of pride products out there. There really are. You know, yeah. if they wanted to create their own like mini pride at home, they very well could. But I think a lot of people like see our mission and they believe in it. And like, that's why they put forth. Cause it's not, it's not me donating this money. It's all of us. It's all mm. the customers of pride box. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I'm lucky to be able to get the opportunity to be part of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the community coming together and, and, and giving back, you know, it's just everyone, Every it, it, it works because everyone's working together. You know, someone buys from you, that's you know, supporting you, but that's also supporting the money that the donations go to or the organizations exactly. that the donations go to. Um and and so do you have any like do you have any role models in in terms of, of business or, or or pride? Do you have anyone that's kind of you look up to in that sense? Um I do, but in different aspects of my okay. life. So business-wise, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Gary Vee. 
I'm sure yeah. you've heard of. You've, okay, yeah, huge fan of Gary Vee. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of my favorite motivational speakers ever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's more of on a business side, and then from more of like an LGBTQ perspective, uh, Lauren Sanderson for sure is one of my biggest role models. Just because, I mean, she also comes from small town Indiana. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, and now she's like a, a big musician. She's a big artist. She's out in LA. And from the beginning, she was always herself, even when she was in small town Indiana. And that's something I can personally understand because mm-hmm. I know how that feels. And I'm just, I, part of me just wants to be like that one day, just to be able to say like, you know what? I, I walked to the beat of my own drum and you know what? I did it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's so interesting that you you said Gary Vee, because I am also a big fan of his. Uh, and a lot of my actions um, have have came from him or, or have resulted in his, you know, what he says. Um, so on so going back to your TikToks, when you had 35,000 followers, when you first posted your Pride Box uh, promo or announcing it, what what was your was was your content? What was it like? Was it related to being lesbian? Was it LGBT related or was it totally different? Oh, gosh. I think a lot of my friends would definitely say that I was a TikTok lesbian. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, a lot of it was comedy, though. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I kind of have like a weird, spontaneous sense of humor. So just like any time like I would whip out my phone, like something would go down and then I'd be like, "Oop, I'm posting this on TikTok. And then it kind of yeah. just snowball effect you know how tiktok is <laughs> yeah and, and that's that's a headline for sure tiktok lesbian saves pride with pride box <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i love that <laughs> um so what and so when you did the the women's shelter you said that you had recently started and then you launched pride box yeah. um what 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 were you doing there like what were you or what what did the women's shelter um what was that all about? Like, what, 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 what are the roles and, and stuff there? Um. So, like, like our personal women's shelter. Are you asking, like? Yeah, I guess, I guess. What was, what was the Evansville, Indiana women's shelter like? What, what was their mission, and what, what were they trying to do for the community? Okay, so the women's shelter that I was at was actually a YWCA. So oh, their wow. mission is to um, empower women and eliminate racism. Mm. So that's their arching mission. On our personal YWCA, we have a floor that's for domestic violence, uh, supporting those victims. And then we have a floor of our YES program, which are people who are um, fighting to stay sober. So that's our sobriety program. And so they all live together in one community in our women's shelter. And yeah, I don't know. It's like one big happy family. And when we get a new person, we welcome them with open arms and they just become part of the family. And even women who have got out of their bad situation, a lot of them come back to later work at the women's shelter because they know oh, that wow. sense of family, that sense of community, and they want to come back and help out because they saw how much everyone helped them when they were in a struggling spot. And I think mm-hmm. seeing that, like the first couple of months I was there, just seeing people come back even after they got out of their bad situation to help out other women was so inspiring oh totally yeah just just being able to see a a full character arc or to see someone come from in this bad place in their life or there's not so good place to to rise up above it and then to be able to give back 
and, and be in a spot where they could start helping exactly. out others. It's it's beautiful. Uh, so in 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 Indiana is Evansville pretty rural? Um, Evansville's not rural. Um, it's it's one of our bigger cities in okay. Indiana, but uh, it's not very big. But I actually wasn't raised in Evansville. I just live here now. I was raised um in Santa Claus. Oh, Santa Claus, like the, like yeah. the fat man that comes down the chimney? That's funny. Yes. Um, it's actually an entirely Christmas-themed town. I'm, I swear oh, to God, I'm not making this Wait, up. This, what? <laughs> Why have I not heard of this? This is so hard to explain to someone who's not from our area. <laughs> is but it year-round, like, Christmas? Yes. It's year-round Christmas. Um, I grew up in Christmas Lake Village. Oh. I worked at, there was, there's a candy castle. Um, we also have a theme park named Holiday Are, World. Is, does, is this straight out of Parks and Recreation? Is, is Ben Wyatt's like Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. This is, yeah. This is, <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but around that area is very, very rural. But, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's always funny like having to tell someone new like that you're from Santa Claus, Indiana cuz you're like, "Oh gosh. <laughs> How do I explain I have, this?" <laughs> yeah. Have you made a TikTok on that yet? I I bet that would blow up. I have. I have. Um I made a TikTok about it was about um showing my girlfriend around like Santa Claus, Indiana and her being like, Oh my gosh, it's so cute. And then me like yeah. defending her from like the old homophobes and I'm like, her. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> yeah that was gonna that was gonna lead to my end my next question just grow, growing up in indiana as a, a lgbt person how how was that was it hard was it did, did you face a lot of discrimination um it's it's kind of a double-edged sword so i mean we are in a new generation things are a lot better than it used to be for people for sure and that has spread even to southern indiana there's a lot of opening welcome arms. On the other side of that, I did notice after I came out, and the thing, the why I'm bringing this up is because I didn't expect this after I came out at all. I was very surprised by it. But um, like going through high school, I wasn't out, and um, I was, uh, like I said earlier, I was a nerd, so I had a lot of like academic successes. And then after I came out, it was almost like being gay kind of overshadowed everything else I had ever done. It was mm. like, that's how people knew me now was like, Oh, she's a lesbian. Like, Oh, she's the, she's the lesbian. And that I was like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa guys. Like I played four sports and like won all these academic awards. <laughs> like, you're supposed to remember that. Like I put in work for that. Like this, I was just born with. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> That that's a big one. That's a big um, a thing that a lot of people face is is getting their identity wrapped up in their orientation, which it's yeah. nothing wrong of being proud of your identity, obviously, or being confident in, or being even, you know, extra or show offy in your identity. But it shouldn't be your identity, or or your orientation shouldn't like define you. You should have other things that that also define exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. At least from like outside perspectives. And the thing was, after I came out and I kind of noticed that um, sense of overshadowing is I almost I was actually told by um, by one of my uh, battle buddies at basic training this exact quote. And she was like, listen, like I can tell you're out, but like you're not out and proud. 
She was like, you need to be like, this is who I am. And I'm still me. Because mm-hmm. I, like, even after I came out, I was still kind of like subdued about it. And I would never talk about it ever. And it mm-hmm. took me a really long time to feel that sense of pride that comes along with it of like, listen, people have fought for you to have the rights that you have. And like, even not so recently, like you, like a couple years ago, you wouldn't have been able to even be out and be in the military. So like a lot of mm-hmm. things have changed and you like, I, I just kind of realized I needed to be grateful for how far our community has come. Totally. It was, was this other person also a lesbian or an, or an ally? Yeah, no, she was a lesbian. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes, that makes more sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this, it makes sense. I don't, well, I an ally saying that wouldn't necessarily be, be bad, but it would be like, well, what do you mean I'm supposed to be more proud? Like, you don't understand me. Like, maybe I'm hiding this for certain reasons that you don't understand. But yeah, yeah. That, that totally makes sense then. And so what's, um, I guess, how was your growing up? Were you, were you taught that being gay was wrong? Were you surrounded in, in a bubble of, of, you know, conservativeness? Or, or did you kind of have a, a more open route? Um, I wouldn't consider it uh, like clouded in conservativeness. Um, it was a very conservative area. But personally, my family was very accepting of mm. gay people like they always had been. Um, that was never a talked down upon topic in our house. And I really, really appreciated that specifically. Um, but also, I kind of noticed like when it applies directly to like someone in your family, like when I actually did come out, then mm. things shifted a little bit where like my family had to like get used to. I guess seeing my future look different than what they thought it would look like, which is totally mm. normal adjustment. So yeah. other than that, if there was any uh, major homophobia in our town or like um, bad talking about the situation, it went on deaf ears. Like really mm-hmm. um, there wasn't too much, there was no bullying in my case scenario, but also I didn't come out while I was in high school. I waited until after sure. high school. So I know some kids that were out in high school who did face some, uh, uh, I don't know if discrimination is the right word, but they faced some hardships because of that. Mm. Mm. As, as a lesbian, do you, do you think that you have a different kind of discrimination? I just talking to, I was talking to this other lesbian couple and um, like some of their discrimination is more just like, like uh, for example, like people like tell them to make out in public. Like if, like they're a couple, right? So people are like, oh, yeah. if you're lesbian, why don't you like do you, is, do you, do you ever have things like that happen or? Uh, yes, there is definitely the over sexualization of lesbians for sure. Um, mostly, what I've noticed is like guy friends who are close to me, like a like cis guy friends mm-hmm. <laughs> who I have are usually like, can I join you and your girlfriend? And I'm like, ha ha, no, dude. Like, but right. <laughs> they're kind of messing with me, but also they're not. And I'm like, yeah. the, you get that at pretty much, you know, every social gathering you go to. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I would call that uh, discrimination. Like, I guess it just kind of happens. It's it's weird because I would say that like gay kids, well, it's just like, like gay people face discrimination in the fact that like people 
uh, like cis men want to run away from them or shun them out. Whereas it's like a lesbian, they like want to overdo it. They want to over-sexualize you. They want to like, <laughs> yeah. and so it's like, can't just, can't we just be normal and like <laughs> accept each other and not, you know? Exactly. Like, yeah. don't, don't think about me. Like, no, like I don't want my family members to think about me in any capacity with another person. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter if it's a guy or a girl. Just don't think about me like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> um so what's what's uh what's been the most rewarding uh part of of being lgbt would you i mean obviously doing this pride box is probably huge but what's been the most important or what's been the most rewarding part of being being of being lesbian um i think so far so this might sound a little corny Mm -hmm. but through the whole TikTok lesbian scene, which I didn't know was the thing until I got on TikTok and I was like, whoa, this is like the new Tumblr. This is insane. Yeah. Which, by <laughs> the way, did, met... did Gary V prompt you on the TikTok? No, actually, he didn't. No. He didn't. Okay. Uh, my friend prompted me onto it um, in like October, like last October. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, I met a bunch of like other lesbians from across the world, like through mm-hmm. TikTok. And through that, I made a lot of friends and was able to talk about like queer issues that like, there's not a huge queer community here in Southern Indiana. And mm. it just kind of broadened my perspective of how many different opinions there are, how many different kinds of ways that you can be lesbian. Like sometimes when you come out, people try to put you in a box. Mm. Like you have to be like this. You have to like fit into this box of like femme or butch or whatever. And it's like, listen, you can do whatever you want and be your own person and be gay and it's okay. And I feel like my TikTok group kind of gave me that realization and definitely gave me more confidence in being gay, which then allowed me to like open up more on social media about that aspect of my life. Mm. Yeah, that that's a big one. I, and I know like personally myself, even like I thought that once I came out, I thought like it was weird. So when, before I came out, I was like, I'm not gay because I'm not femme. You know, I'm just, I, you know, I'm straight because exactly. I'm masculine. <laughs> and, and, and so that's why I thought I was straight because I thought all gays were, you know, feminine. <laughs> and then I come out and I'm like, well, I'm not gay enough. You know, I got to listen to more Ariana Grande. I got to, you know you know, put a little more gay in my voice. And I, then and then now, like now in the present, I've realized, no, I don't have to be either. I can be a mask gay. You know, I can be who I was 10 years ago, but just gay or, you know, open about it. So yeah, no, I completely agree. That's how it was when I first came out because like I was in a sorority. I uh, like I, my hair was longer at that point and I dressed more feminine and like I got my first girlfriend and I was like, you know, like head over heels, like, wow, this is great. And but that kind of turned into she wouldn't believe that I was truly gay because mm. of how I dressed, because of how I looked, how I carried myself. And then wow. that kind of that kind of twisted my understanding of like, oh, OK, I'm like, am I not gay enough? Like, like lesbians won't like me unless I act more gay. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a dis- a year of like self-discovery after that to figure out, you know, what is my style? What do I like? And sticking to that and not changing that for mm-hmm. any relationship I'm in or anyone's opinions. Yeah. Yeah. How, 
how do you think that we we can collectively fix that as a community? Because obviously, I mean, we've both experienced some sort of degree of that, of, of feeling like we have to fit into labels. How do you think the LGBT community can work to send this message that it's okay to be a mask gay, it's okay to be a femme gay, it's okay to be a butch lesbian, it's okay to not be, you know, be a femme lesbian. How, like, what do you think that we should do to, to just make that message more, more clear and inclusive? That's a very good question. Honestly, how I've gone about that is just, I feel like the best thing that I can do personally is to be an example for anyone who stumbles across my social media, for anyone I meet, be a personal example of like, I'm here, I exist, and this is who I am and how I act, and I don't fit into a stereotype. Hmm. I especially like to show the younger, like, queer kids, like, you don't have to fit into any of these stereotypes. You can be, be hmm. 100% your own unique person, and you are not like anyone ever. And yeah. you can still be gay, and we yeah. will still accept you. I love that. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's just sending, it's just sending a message. We have to work as individuals, and if enough individuals with the same message work together, it moves the needle, and it 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 helps the community overall in the world, really. So, mm-hmm. um, that's gr- great. And and what uh, what do you have for any for any young lesbian listeners listening? Um, I know there hasn't been much lesbian representation <laughs> on this podcast to date. Um, that's not out of any spite or anything, just the way <laughs> things have fallen. Um, yeah. I believe you're the second lesbian guest. I do have a lesbian couple that, that came on. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and I get messages, I get DMs all the time like, hey, I'm a lesbian. Can you get a lesbian guest? And I'm like, I'm working on it. <laughs> um, what, <laughs> what message would you have to like a young lesbian? Or how about this? How about your younger self? What would you tell your younger self, just words of encouragement or advice? Wow. Um, I would tell my younger self to not be afraid to try new things with your style, with your look, with everything in life, to experience everything, and to not be scared about what other people will think of you. Or Mm. I think when I was younger, I thought that if I was gay, that that meant that I wasn't successful, that I wasn't good Mm. enough, that I was, I don't know. And I don't know where that idea came from in my mind, if that came from the media or people in my town, I'm not sure. But I was just so terrified to be anything different. And I definitely would just tell my younger self, you're awesome. And Mm. you need to show the world how awesome you are. Let yourself grow in, grow into who you're supposed to be. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, just let yourself be yourself. I mean, we are our own worst enemy enemies a lot of the time. So. Oh yeah, self doubt kills more dreams than anything ever will. Ooh, totally. And yeah, Gary V will tell you that too. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's very true. (laughs) The the worst action is inaction. Is not taking any action. So, well, that's funny that you said that you thought you would never be successful because you were gay because now you're about to be immensely successful because you are gay. <laughs> that's true. Um, Turns so that's, out being gay was the tipping point. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> when the, do you have any dates for, for Pride Box 3.0 or any any dates in, in June coming up that, that you want to kind of tell, tell people about? We don't have any dates in June coming up because 2.0 
2.0 we're trying to like have that go through june but okay. we know in the future there will be themed boxes based on what holiday it's around and we're gonna oh. try to start something where people can start collecting the shirts and wow. like kind of make them like collectible items so that's that's all i can share right now <laughs> that's really cool actually you heard that themed boxes so you're gonna get a gay turkey for thanksgiving <laughs> you're gonna get gay santa for a lesbian couple santa for for, for christmas yep. that's awesome um well i am genuinely looking forward to seeing what happens what you produce where where this goes um it's a great company. Check out Pride Box. It's it's Pride. What's the what's the actual domain? Is Pride The domain is uh, it's Pride Dash Box dot com. Pride Dash Box dot com. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, Erica, thank you so much for your time and and just for coming on and talking to me. I, I really enjoyed our conversation, um, and so I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you for having me on here. I'm so grateful that you let me be on your podcast. Absolutely. And anytime, <laughs> honestly, anytime you want to come on and we can just chat, <laughs> we can we can do that. So I, I appreciate it. Thank you all so much for listening. You are all so beautiful and amazing. Make sure to check us out at www.thealphabetmafia.com. You can read our blogs there. You can support our brand. Get a sticker. Get yourself a sticker. That really helps us. It raises brand awareness. You put it on your water bottle. You put it on your laptop. It becomes more of a common thing seen around town. If you want to be featured on our YouTube show where I answer your DMs and emails regarding, you know, your situation you're in or needing advice, you can email us at info at thealphabetmafia.com. Again, that's info at thealphabetmafia.com. Just put in the headline LGBTQ plus advice, something like that, and I will I will try and read it and then use it on the show. Um, of course, if you need serious help, you can visit the trevorproject.org or you can give them a call at 1-866-488-7386. If you are in need of serious help, please reach out to those people immediately. They will be more than happy to help in a, in a tremendous way. Thank you all for tuning in, and I hope you have a beautiful morning, evening, whatever it is. Good night.